Welcome to Harmony Christian Church Podcast. For more information about us, visit HarmonyChurchFamily.org. Well, um, I began preparing for this week and uh, didn't really know where to go. And, um, and honestly, if, I, if I'm going to be real, real open and honest with you all, which I try to be all the time, sometimes not so much, but I'm going to try today. Uh, it's a joke. It wasn't funny, but it was a joke. Um, the last couple weeks, I've really just struggled to, to know for sure uh, where, where we're supposed to go on Sunday morning, what, what, what the Lord is really speaking to the house. Um, I feel like the, really the first whole half of the year, uh, there was just clear direction from the Lord. But really, uh, the last couple weeks, I've just struggled to really be able to hear and to know for sure where we're going. And um, so I was telling Amber this this week, and um, the Lord really spoke through her, and she gave some actually some solid advice. So it was it was pretty amazing. She said she said when I get to that place in my own personal life, she said I it always helps me to go back and to remember what He's already spoken, to go back and remember what He's already declared and the words He's already shared with us. And so I, I said, I feel like that's right. So I judged her word and I judged it that it was right, you know. And, uh, and so that's what I did. I, I began going back and looking over the words and I felt so strongly in my spirit that the Lord wants us to go back to wonder this morning. So if you remember, uh, at the very beginning of the year, starting in January and actually starting in December, the Lord began speaking to us about this idea of wonder, and uh, it ended up becoming our word for the year. Uh, the, the word wonder was our word for the year, and I feel like the Lord is leading us back into that place of wonder. You know, we've been a couple different places throughout the year, and then COVID hit, and that kind of just, I don't think, I don't want to say it set us off track, because honestly, I feel like that uh, what the Lord began speaking to us in COVID uh, is, is, is on point for, for, what, uh, for what we need and where the Lord is directing us. But, um, but it kind of, it just led us in a couple different directions. And I feel like the Lord is wanting us to get back to wonder, back to this idea of wonder. Amen? Um, and so I, I love this quote. I want to I share this quote with you this morning. It said, it's from a guy named Callisto Ware. I think it's how you pronounce his name. But he says this, it's not the task of Christianity to provide easy answers to every question, but to make us progressively aware of a mystery. And then he says, God is not so much the object of our knowledge as he is the cause of our wonder. And how many of you know that right now in the world, people are asking a lot of questions. People are asking a lot of questions. And a lot of people are looking for the church to the church for answers. But how many of you realize it is not our job to have all of the correct answers? To be able to explain everything happening and to be able to uh, bring understanding to every situation. Rather, it's our job to make people aware of the one who has all of the answers of the one who is the great mystery, the one who, who uh, is the object of our fascination and our wonder. 
That our job is not to have all the answers, but rather our job is to lead people into the fascination of who he is. Amen? Amen. Getting us back to wonder of the fascination of who he is. That's why I believe, that's why I believe that the whole come up here message we had uh, for several Sundays in a row is so important because that message, if we can make his gaze our focus, then everything else falls off into the peripheral. That if we can make our gaze, if we can get above what is happening in the world around us and get our gaze on him, then everything else falls off into just the peripheral vision. I have a funny story to go along with this thought. So I'm coaching Malachi right now. I'm helping to coach Malachi's football team, the second and third grade football team. It's their first year for tackle football, which is a blast. Okay, so it's hilarious watching these kids because you have some, they're at the age, they're two and three, so some of them are at the age where they're, they're a little bit bigger and they're kind of lanky. You know, Malachi is kind of in that stage where he's, he's kind of big, a little bit taller, and he's kind of lanky and kind of awkward, you know, doesn't really know how quite to, to do everything, right? It's just kind of awkward. And so most of the kids are in that, that, that place. Now we have a handful, and it's usually the smaller kids that they just got it figured out, right? They're just, they're fast, they can hit people, all of that. So it's, it's just kind of funny, the dynamics. So, but, but there's this, that group of kids that's just a little bit awkward still. So we're trying to teach them how to, how to tackle, right? How to go after the guy with the ball. And so, uh, so Malachi's issue is, is, he understands that he, he plays defense. He understands that there's going to be a guy that's going to come and block him. What he doesn't understand yet is, is he has to get rid of that guy and hit the guy with the ball, right? So he thinks he's successful if he comes up and just nails the guy that's trying to block him and the guy with the ball just runs right past him, right? And he's like, dad, you see that? I'm like, yeah, the guy ran right by you with the ball and scored a touchdown, right? So, so here, here's the best part though. So we're, I mean, I'm, I, we can be out there on the field, so I'm helping to coach the kids on defense. And we have this real little kid who uh, uh, is real small. He's, he's one of those kids that's picking, picking dandelions and chasing butterflies, you know? And, uh, and actually one practice, uh, he looked up at me and he goes, I hate football. <laughs> I was like, okay. Well, good. Glad you're out here, buddy. So, so he's out here, and uh, he's our middle, he's playing middle linebacker, which I know for all of you football people, that's backwards. Usually you have your best player as middle linebacker, but we, uh, it's, it's different when you're coaching second and third grade, okay? So we had our, this guy, he's playing middle linebacker. They call the play, and I'm watching him, and he runs. The guy, they're, they're running over off to the, to the left side here, and he comes up, and I'm like, this kid's going to make a tackle. Like, this is going to be awesome. So I'm all excited. I'm watching him. And, li and right, right on the other side of the guy running the ball, there's this pileup of guys. So, you know, they, they had this collision. There's probably three or four of them that are all just piled up on each other. And so I'm watching, watching this kid, and he's running up. I'm like, he's about to make a tackle. And literally, I need, I need a volunteer. I need somebody to be a running back. Come on. Come on, Sam. So help me out, Sam. So here's literally what happens. You're the running back, so slowly run. So, so this kid's coming. He's running. He goes, no, no, come back. You, we got to do it right. 
Do, do it slow. Just come, come like, like you're going to the steps. So real slow. He goes like this. Lee, this, this kid goes, moves him out of the way, and then jumps on the pile on. <laughs> like literally, literally, like they have to like work around each other. Like he literally has to just grab him, pull him to the side so he can get to the pile on. Right? So thank you, buddy. That was awesome. Give him a hand clap. All right, Sam. Literally moves the kid out of the way so he can join in on the pylon. And so, so it's, it's this idea of he was focused on the pileup while the guy with the ball ran right past him. And I'm afraid that so, too many of us are focused on the pylon and the chaos that we're missing the guy with the ball. We're missing the guy with the ball that if our focus, what I'm trying to teach Malachi is who cares about the guy blocking you? You focus on the guy with the ball. The guy that's blocking you should be in your peripheral vision. You need to just get rid of him so you can get to the guy with the ball. That if we focus on the Father, that if our focus is in wonder towards God Almighty, then I promise you that everything else the chaos around you will fall away and will become minimized and way less important than it is right now when our focus is on the guy with the ball, when our focus is on the Father. Amen? We gotta get our focus off the dog, dog pile and because we are missing the guy with the ball. Wonder, wonder makes me think of this movie. Uh, the Chronicles of Narnia. How many of you have seen The Chronicles of Narnia? Have you seen Prince Caspian, the second one? They go downhill after Prince Caspian. I hate to say it, but they do. So uh, when I think of wonder, when I was thinking about that this week, I was thinking about this movie. And uh, how many of you have no idea what, how the story goes? So I know how much to have to, okay. Yeah, so I'll explain a little bit. So in the, in the Chronicles of Narnia, you have four kids, the Pevensey kids, right? You have, have Peter, you have Edmund, you have Susan, and you have Lucy. Peter, Edmund, Susan, and Lucy. And of all of the kids that they, they go through the portal, I won't go through the whole thing. I'm really bad at explaining movies on Sunday morning, so I'm not going to try. So they go through the portal, they're in Narnia, and they're the kings and queens of Narnia. Okay, So they're the protectors of Narnia. You have Peter, who is the oldest, and he has a sword, and he's a, he's a good in battle. You have Edmund, who is also good in battle, and you have Susan, who, who is good with a bow and arrow, because every girl in every story, if they're a warrior in a story, they have a bow and arrow, right? I don't know what that is, but it's true. So she has a bow and arrow, and she's good at war. But then you have Lucy. Lucy's the youngest. She's the smallest. She's the most meek and mild of all of the siblings. While the rest of them have bow and arrows and big swords, she has this little tiny like letter opener dagger, right? Just this little, petite, sweet, innocent young girl. But as you read the stories, Lucy is the most powerful of all of the siblings. That she may not be a person who wages war, but as you read the stories, you realize that Lucy is the most powerful of all the siblings. Do you want to know why Lucy is the most powerful of all the siblings? Because she has the greatest relationship with Aslan, the lion. So in the, in the Prince Caspian story, the war 
they're, they're at their home base or their, their fortress or whatever, and the enemy camp comes against them. So they come and they begin to attack their fortress. And uh, the, the three siblings all go to war, but Peter looks at Lucy and sends her into the woods. He sends her into the woods all by herself. And as she goes into the woods, they begin fighting the battle and they, they are holding their own for a while, but then they eventually end up being succumbed to the enemy that just overcomes them. But why did Peter send Lucy into the woods? Does anybody know? Anybody remember? To wake up the trees, that's true, but there's, there's more to it, yeah. <laughs> that's not where I'm going, you're messing up the story, but it's okay. Yes, thank you. Five points for Debbie. All right, none for you, Hayden. I'm sorry. She gets sent into the woods, into the secret place, to find Aslan. And when she finds Aslan, she brings, they, they come back, and they wake the trees up. All right, you can have some points too. And they come, and they begin making the enemy retreat, right? My favorite part of the entire movie, though, is as they're retreating, they come up to a bridge. And it's a bridge that, that, that they had built to get across to get to the fortress. So they come up to the bridge. They have the entire army of Narnia behind them. And they come up to the bridge, and as they begin crossing the bridge, they see this little girl, Lucy, standing on the other side of the bridge. And they have the entire army behind them, and they have this little girl in front of them. So you see the commander kind of looking back and forth, the commander of the enemy army looking back and forth, and they say, well, obviously, I'm picking to go, you know, to the little girl's side. So they begin running across the bridge. Then all of a sudden, they stop because Aslan comes and stands right beside Lucy, right? And all of a sudden, they're, you know, they're in fear. Lion, or Aslan gives his roar, and the rest is history. The, 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 the flood comes, destroys the the people and all that. Go watch the movie if you want to see it. The point is this, that when that, that Peter, that the Pevensey kids had enough knowledge to know that if I try to fight this battle on my own, I'm going to lose. But if I send Lucy into the woods, into the secret place to seek after Aslan, to seek after the, 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 obviously the, the picture is to seek after the father, to seek after Yahweh himself, then the enemy cannot, does not stand a chance against us. And the whole point of it is this, that there may be chaos around us, but I hear the Lord telling us to go into the woods, to go into the woods and begin seeking after the Father with all of our hearts. I, I said this last week, I, or a couple weeks ago, that, that God plus you is the, uh, what's the word? God plus you is the majority. It's all you need to win. God without you, or without you, uh, without you without God, then there's gonna be a problem, right? They would have trampled Lucy on that bridge. But Lucy, plus Aslan, 
the army does not stand a chance. And I'm telling you, when we begin seeking the Lord with all of our heart, when we begin looking at the Father in fascination and wonder, then the enemy does not stand a chance against us. Amen? Let me read you out of the scriptures what I'm talking about. Psalms 27. Psalms 27, starting in verse 1. This is out of the New King James Version. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may camp, encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. Come on, it's, it's that picture of there in, in the Chronicles of Narnia that when we, our focus and our gaze is on Yahweh God, then what shall we fear? Whom shall we fear? There's no one we should fear. Should we fear cancer, Sherry? No. Could we, should we fear COVID-19? Should we fear riots? Should we fear uh, persecution? All of these things? No, when our gaze is on Yahweh, all of that falls off into the peripheral. All of that falls off in the peripheral and you realize that when your gaze is on him that your enemy will stumble and fall, amen? But then it goes on and says this. It says, one thing I have desired of the Lord and that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I wrote this down uh, while I was preparing and I felt like this was a word from the Lord. If I can find it. I don't want you just to behold the beauty of the Lord just so you won't be afraid or be in fear. I want you to behold the beauty of him because he is the most beautiful thing in the world. We've been talking a lot about focusing our attention on him so we won't fear. And that's absolutely true. When we focus on him, fear falls to the wayside because we realize we have nothing to fear. But I don't want, it's such a little thing. That's such a little part of seeking the father. I don't want us to seek the father because we don't want to be afraid. I want us to seek the Father because he's the most beautiful, majestic thing in the world. That our purpose for seeking him is not just so we won't be afraid. Our purpose for seeking him isn't just so we can find some answers to the chaos around us. But our purpose for seeking him is to be in wide-eyed wonder like a child. That one thing have I desired of the Lord. One thing will I seek, that I may behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire or live in his temple, live in his presence. That our one desire is to seek his face so we can see the beauty of the Lord. I think it's interesting that the Lord is speaking to us about wonder through children's movies. If you remember at the beginning of the year, 
my message uh, was pretty much predominantly uh, uh, examples from uh, Frozen 2 and a movie called Wonder Park. You know, and, uh, and, and then today the Lord is speaking to us through another children's movie called The Chronicles of Narnia. I don't think that's by accident. I don't think that's, that's uh, just a mishap or something weird in my own imagination because I have kids and I watch kids' movies all the time. I think he's doing it absolutely on purpose. And let me show you why. In Matthew 18, this is out of the Passion Translation. Matthew 18, I'm going to look in verse 1 through 3. Are you all with me this morning? Verse 1 through 3, it says, At that time, the disciples came to ask Jesus, Who is considered to be the greatest in heaven's kingdom realm? Who is considered to be the greatest in heaven's kingdom realm? Jesus called a little one to his side and said to them, Learn this well. Unless you dramatically change your ways and become, or I'm sorry, unless you dramatically change your way of thinking and become teachable, and learn about heaven's kingdom realm with the wide-eyed wonder of a child, you will never be able to enter in. That it says that literally, if we do not change our way of thinking and approach the Father with wide-eyed wonder as a child, then we will not inherit the kingdom realm. That we have to approach God as teachable, pliable people. Have you ever met a kid, right? Have you ever met a kid? They're, they're teachable. Unlike, you know, older adults, right? Where we, we are kind of set in our ways. We know what we think. We, I mean, have you all been on Facebook lately, right? You, everybody has an opinion and my opinion is right, correct? We all have, we're set in our ways, but when you go back to a child, a child is teachable. A child is pliable. A child is hungry to learn and to discover and to, to find new facets of life. And, and everything is exciting as a kid. Everything is exciting. Learning new things, going to new places, all of it is exciting as a kid. And that's how the Father says we are to approach the kingdom with the wide-eyed wonder of a child where every day we wake up excited to discover some new facet of God. That we wake up every day excited to learn something new. Maybe we have to unlearn some things so we can learn, uh, learn the kingdom in the proper perspective. That we are to approach the Father with the wide-eyed wonder of a child. I shared this at the beginning of the year. I want to share this again. How is it that we, son, we are sons of the most fascinating being in history, yet we get bored during worship? Or we spend five minutes in the secret place with God, the God of wonders, and have nothing to talk about? How is it that we are sons and daughters of the most fascinating being in history, but we get bored when we pray or we get bored when we read our Bible and it becomes this drudgery almost to have devotion? It's because we're not approaching him with the wide-eyed wonder of a child. I love this story. I'm, I'm gonna wrap up here soon, about a, another 40 minutes or so. 
I love this story of one of the most impactful men on my life. His name is Damon Thompson. He tells this story of uh, when he took his kids to, uh, I believe it was in Gatlinburg uh, or Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Uh, how many, uh, I, you've all been to Pigeon Forge. I'm not even going to ask. So we've, it's the best place on earth, I promise. Uh, and so he, he took his family to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. And if you've ever been there, you know that there's this museum called Wonderworks. Many of you ever heard of Wonderworks? So the Wonderworks is this, this, this almost, it's like a children's museum. Uh, the outside of the building, it, the, literally the building is upside down. So the roof is actually the bottom. It's the foundation. The building is actually upside down. It's the coolest looking building ever. So, so and when you walk in to the building, there's, there's all these different places and different things to discover. And Damon tells a story of how he has two younger, well, they're not younger anymore. They were younger at this point. He has two kids, two boys that were in there. And he said they walked in and they were just fascinated with everything, just running to everything and discovering all of these things, playing with all of the little gadgets and things. And he said, I remember walking in there and I just had this horrible attitude because I looked around and it was, it was packed full of people. He's like, I wanted to go hiking or something, you know, like I don't want to be here with all of this stuff, all of this craziness, all these kids running around. And uh, he said, you know, every, every attraction that was in the building was like a half an hour wait, you know, it was like waiting in line all day. And he said, I just had this horrible attitude, didn't want to be there, wanted to leave, all of these things. He said uh, they were at one of the exhibits, and the exhibit was this uh, replica of a space shuttle. And the kids could go in, and they would, they would sit back in the seats, and they'd have all the buttons there, and they had a screen that looked like outer space, and the kids are there playing. And, and he said, Damon said he is over there just kind of moping in the corner, like, I just don't want to be here. This is annoying. I wish we could just hurry up and get to the mountains, you know, like, let's, let's go do something fun. And he said the Lord spoke to him. And, and uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing what, what, what he had said, but the Lord spoke to him and said, he said, you're over here grumbling and your son is in there flying to the moon. You're over here complaining and whining and bickering and all these things. And your kids are over here and they're, they're in outer space right now, flying to the moon and fascination and in wonder. And I wonder how many of us I wonder how many of us are like, like Damon. We're over here, we're grumbling, we're complaining, we're, man, this COVID-19 thing is stupid, this mask are dumb, you know. We're grumbling, we're complaining, when we could be over here in fascination and wonder of who he is flying around in space, right? And if we can get, we can get, ourself, get out of our own selves and are focused on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the most fascinating being in history that he could take us on an adventure of a lifetime. But we have to get our focus off of all of the chaos and our focus on God, focus on the one full of wonder. I love, he, he said this too. He said the Lord spoke to him and he said, wonder works. The name of the place, wonder works works. You want to get out of your depression? Wonder works. You want to get out of fear and anxiety? Come over here and wonder because wonder works. We got to be fascinated with the King of Kings. One thing have I desired of the Lord and that one thing I will seek. Amen. We have to get back to wonder. I wrote these down here. 
What would our worship look like if it was about approaching him with wonder and not treating it as a prelude to the service? What if our worship looked like childlike abandonment, uninhibited by any opinion of man, but we are just lost in wonder? How much more exciting would our devotion be if it was about encountering the God of mystery rather than the dusty God of religion? What if we were seeking the God of mystery rather than the dusty God of religion? You know, the Bible tells us over and over again, it says to seek and we will find, knock and the door will be open. The Apostle Paul, a man who spent his entire life his entire teenage years all the way up into adulthood, studying the Torah, knowing it forward and backwards, learning the law of God forward and backwards, was a man of knowledge. He knew who God was. He knew, had more knowledge than any of us could probably imagine. Had one encounter with Jesus. One encounter with Jesus, and it shifted his life from seeking out knowledge to seeking out God himself. One encounter, and he said, he said, I count all of that other stuff as rubbish compared to knowing God himself. He went from learning knowledge about God to encountering the God of wonders. Stop seeking to discover the answers to life questions and begin seeking to discover the mystery of the life giver. What would our evangelism look like if it was about introducing people to the God of wonder rather than just getting them to stop sinning? What if it was about introducing them to the God of wonder than behavior modification? Like I said earlier in, this, in, in the service, sin is a symptom, it's not the disease. The disease is being out of union with the God of wonders. And what if our evangelism was introducing them to the God of wonders rather than telling them, listen, you need to stop drinking, you need to stop smoking, you need to get your life together, you need to get a job, you need to stop having sex before marriage, all of these things. What if we stopped telling them, listen, you need to stop sinning, and instead we introduce them to the God of wonders? The byproduct would be they would stop sinning because we would fix the disease, which is them being out of union with the God of wonders. What if we gave them something better than don't do this? And instead we said, look at this God who is so fascinating that the angels in heaven are still discovering new things about him. What if we became fascinated with the God of wonders? I believe the Lord is calling us back to wonder I believe the Lord is calling us back to wonder because I believe that wonder is the key, is the key to unlocking every other thing. I believe that wonder is the key. Listen, a couple of the other things the Lord spoke to us at the beginning of this year. I I told you at the beginning of this year, I believe that he's going to reveal our identity as sons and daughters. And he's going to solidify that in us. I told you, I believe that the Lord is going to begin moving more in the prophetic in us this year. And that our worship was going to become centered around thanksgiving. And because of that, we were going to go deeper in worship. But I believe all of that comes as a byproduct of wonder. It becomes as a byproduct of becoming fascinated with the Father. And so I believe here 
in September. Towards the end of the year, I believe that the Lord is leading us back into wonder. He's calling us back in to becoming fascinated with the God of creation. Will you stand with me for a moment? Yes, Jesus. Father, we just want to say yes to seeking you with all of our hearts. God, I pray you'd give us a grace to get our eyes off of the chaos around us and to get our eyes focused on the God of wonders. God, that you would use wonder to transform our devotional life, that you would use wonder to transform our worship that you would use wonder to transform how we lead others into your kingdom. Father, that our life would be revolved around wonder. Our life would revolve around this one thing. And that one thing is to seek the Lord. To see and behold the beauty of the Lord. And to dwell in his temple. God, I pray this morning that you ignite in each and every person here this morning a wonder, a fascination with who you are. God, and that we would approach you with the wide-eyed wonder of a child. That we would be teachable, Jesus. God, that many of us in this room have grown up in church, we have grown up uh, learning doctrine. We've grown up learning uh, different aspects of the faith and, and maybe some of that, some of all of that, it, it's been good, it's been healthy, but maybe some of it, we, we need to learn to be reteachable again. That we need to learn to be able to, uh, to hear and to follow the wind of the Spirit again. Lord, let us be led in wonder. Let us be led in childlike wonder where we can be teachable and we can be pliable and we can be moved by the impulses of the Spirit. There's, there's a paradox in the Scriptures because in one hand, we're told to be childlike. That if we can't be childlike, then we can't inherit the kingdom. But there's this other, these other Scriptures that tell us that we need to mature Right, that we need to grow up. Paul tells us that we have to, to, to grow up in the faith and become mature. So it's this paradox. So which is it? Do we grow up or do we become childlike? Do we grow up and do we, or do we become childlike? And I want to tell you that the answer to that question is yes. The answer to that question is yes. It's both. The most mature person is the one who can follow the impulses of the Spirit. The most mature person in this room is the one who is teachable and who is pliable and who, who is willing to, to go uh, to follow the Holy Spirit wherever he leads. It says, it says, uh, it says uh, in the Bible, <laughs> I can't remember the reference right now, but it says, that the mature sons and daughters are the ones who follow the impulses of the Spirit. God, let us be so in wide-eyed wonder and enamored with your presence 
that we can follow the impulses of the Spirit, that our focus, that where we get our direction is to follow the impulses of the Spirit. God, I just pray you would release wonder in this congregation this morning. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Church, I believe with all my heart, I say this, I close every Sunday with this, but I believe with all my heart that the Lord is taking us on this incredible journey. And I believe that we are going to go from glory to glory to glory. And that, that not in this room and in our individual lives, listen, I'm jealous for what happens in this room to be elevated a thousand times in your prayer closet. That when you leave this building and you go home, that the presence of the Lord would so envelop your house and envelop uh, your family that, that you would, would be in fascination and wide-eyed wonder. And I believe that, that every Sunday is an opportunity to step more deeper and deeper into his glory. And I believe, like I said, I believe wonder is the key to that progression. Amen? Amen.